This is Rich Girl's Guide, where we demystify the world of personal finance to help you create a financially successful and fulfilling life. I'm your host, Kirby Delicano, and I worked in wealth management for over six years before leaving the office to focus on my business and my family. Today, we are going to be answering the question, are your accounts recession-proof? Recession or not, your account should always be recession-proof, and I have five tips for you today to do just that. I feel like talk of a recession has been buzzing around for years at this point. Experts were indicating in 2021 that we should brace for recession all the way back in 2022, and it seemed like we were headed in that direction in early 2022. Before I get too in the weeds, let's start with defining what a recession is. A recession is two consecutive quarters, or six consecutive months, of decreasing negative economic growth. This is technically a rule of thumb, and part of the reason why there can be gray areas surrounding whether or not we are actually in a recession. Some people hear economic growth and think of GDP, which stands for Gross Domestic Product. GDP is used to determine how financially healthy a country is. Think of it kind of like a person's income. If a person is increasing their income year over year, you can feasibly assume they are doing well financially. Although you know by now, income does not always mean that you're budgeting correctly. On the flip side, if their income decreases year over year, you might start to get a bit worried about them. If GDP is on the rise, that is a good indicator that a country is doing well financially. On the flip side, if GDP is stagnant or decreasing, that does not bode well for the financial health of that country. Once you start hitting month five and six of decreased GDP, you are entering the territory of a possible recession. For my fellow finance peeps, a better indicator of a forthcoming recession is an inverted yield curve, when short-term interest rates are higher and more attractive than long-term interest rates. Think of it in terms of a certificate of deposit, or CD, that you can get from the bank. The bank is willing to pay you a certain interest rate in exchange for you tying up your money for a certain length of time. In periods of economic stability, meaning we are not about to enter a recession, the longer the period of time, the better the interest rate will be. In this example, let's use 5.5% interest rate for a three-year CD. If you only opt for a one-year CD, you are tying up your money for a shorter period of time, and because of that, the bank is going to give you a less attractive rate, let's say 4.5%. When the yield curve is inverted, however, the opposite is true. The bank will still offer you 5.5% for a three-year CD, but if you instead opt for a one-year CD, they will give you a 6% interest rate. Now, why would they do that? There are a whole slew of reasons for this. A big one that I have seen within the industry is that more investors will opt for longer term CDs, even if the rate is worse, because they want the guaranteed rate for a longer period of time. If investors believe the market will not be good in three months, they are not going to opt for a three month CD. They want their money safe until this presumed recession is over. Reasons aside, an inverted yield curve can mean a recession is coming. 
And folks, we are currently caught in an inverted yield curve. The easiest way to find this information other than just Googling it is to go to treasurydirect.com and you want to look up the most recent 20 auction results and look at the rates that the U.S. Treasury gave out for the four-week, eight-week, 13-week, 26-week, and 52-week treasury bills. At the time of me recording this episode, it is January 23rd, the results are as follows. Four weeks has the highest rate at 5.285%. Next is eight weeks at 5.275%. Middle of the pack is 13 weeks at 5.225%. Next is 26 weeks at 5.02%. And in the last place, we have 52 weeks dropping to 4.57%. The shorter the period, the higher the rate, which means we are experiencing an inverted yield curve. Now, the good news is that the inverted yield curve we are currently experiencing is actually getting less and less inverted. The bad news is that we have been in the slump for over a year. So do I think that a giant recession is imminent? At this point, probably not. But we may still experience some volatility in the market, and I don't know at what point the yields will correct themselves. What I do have are five practical tips that you can use and apply today to help recession-proof your accounts. Tip number one, don't freak out or make any rash decisions. There will always be rumors of a recession before there is enough data to back it up. And the news cycles will start to piggyback off of those rumors to gain viewership. The people who lose out the most in their investments during times of economic turmoil are those that base their investment decisions off of emotion. And in my experience, this emotion is heightened by watching (coughs) Fox News media outlets that bombard you 24-7 with their opinion masked as fact. If you find that you are constantly watching the news cycles, constantly watching your account value multiple times throughout the day, and generally get anxious about your investments on a daily basis, I would strongly urge you to back off of the media just a bit. Maybe set aside 15 or 30 minutes for doom scrolling if you really have to, and then cut yourself off for the rest of the day. Worrying about it is not going to do anything. Also, if you hear someone utter the words, stop the bleeding, run, just run. You can let your emotions make decisions about what movie to watch tonight, what kind of nail color you are selecting at the salon, and how many scoops of ice cream you are shoving into your face. You are not going to let your emotions dictate your investments. Tip number two, set a plan and stick to it. What do I mean by that? Essentially, you should be setting a plan for yourself from now, like today, up until retirement and beyond if you're really going for it regarding your investment strategy. Let me give you an example. I am coming up on 30 this year, and because of that, I will most likely need to start decreasing my equity exposure, how many stocks I am invested in, my riskier asset versus my fixed income, my less risky asset sometime between my 30th birthday and my 40th birthday. A literal decade ago when I was 19 was when I first invested in the stock market. And because of my age, I opted for a more risky approach, 100% equity and no fixed income. My investment plan is a sliding scale. The older I get, the more risk I take off the table by decreasing equity and increasing fixed income gradually over time. Notice what is not in this plan? 
There's no asterisk saying, oh, but if there's a recession, I'm cashing in all of my risky equity and purchasing 100% cash. That is not in the plan. The plan is clear. The plan makes sense. And we create the plan when we are of sound mind and emotion. The plan comes in handy when family is talking, new cycles are yelling, and your account balance is going down. Because it will. When that happens, you take out the plan, you trust in the plan, and you do not make any crazy changes to your portfolio. Tip number three. If the market is down, not volatile, volatile are when the share prices are going up and down sporadically. We're talking about the whole market is down. All of the stocks are beaten up. Consider throwing more money into your accounts if possible. This is counterintuitive thinking for a lot of people. They want to put more money into their accounts while the market is quote unquote good and slow down or stop contributions into the market while the market is bleeding. If you already own a mutual fund that has strong performance and it aligns with your investment goals, but the price is lower now because the entire market is in a slump, not because the fund itself is underperforming the market, there is no reason to sell this fund for a different fund. Instead, buy more shares of this fund while the price is lower and it's on sale. Again, this is if the market is continually going down or staying stagnant, not necessarily if the market is volatile, which I will get to in the next tip. Bonus tip here, if you are throwing more money into your account, try your best not to make any investment changes, aka switching from one type of mutual fund or stock into a different type of fund. Throw it into whatever investment you are already invested in. Tip number four, if you're an experienced investor, or at least not the nervous type, you may want to consider moving over part of your investments to hedged strategies during times of volatility. Now, don't get scared by the finance jargon. Let me explain in everyday terms. Right before and typically during a recession, the market is going to be a bit haywire. Some days it will be up, some days it will be down, and some days it does nothing at all. This leads to wildly different prices for stocks and mutual funds day to day and even hour to hour. This is considered a volatile market jerky movements up and down. Lucky for us, when the market is being jerky, we can actually take advantage of it. Now, we are not going to want to do any day trading. That. We are instead going to look at some funds, mutual funds or ETFs that are considered to be hedged strategies. Now, I am not going to get into the mechanics behind hedge strategies because it will really just confuse us more than anything. All you need to know is that hedged funds perform well in times of volatility. The mutual fund manager of a particular fund will be in charge of managing the strategy and making sure it is hedged. Let's use the Fidelity Hedged Equity Fund, ticker symbol FEQHX, as an example. Essentially, you are paying the mutual fund manager, in this case, the expense ratio or hidden fee is 0.55% annually, to utilize a hedging strategy on your behalf. On their website, Fidelity quotes their strategy as employing a disciplined options-based strategy designed to provide downside protection, i.e. offset or mitigate a decrease in the value of the fund's investments. The fund primarily purchases put options, which appreciate when the relevant underlying asset depreciates. 
This downside protection will fluctuate and will be determined primarily based on the cost of the put options in the marketplace. Managing the put option positions in a way that provides diversification of options, strike prices, and expirations. If that didn't go over your head, I would be extremely surprised. Essentially, you just want to make sure if you are looking to utilize a strategy like this, the fund should be using this kind of language in their strategy. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that once the period of volatility is over, you know, once the market has evened out, you want to get out of the hedge strategy. Now, this could be a period of a few months to a few years, but at some point you will want to revert back to whatever you were invested in before. Go back to that plan, baby. One word of caution here. As far as I know, hedge strategies like these only became popular in the industry around five-ish years ago. Now, to be clear, this is hedged mutual funds and ETFs that are packaged up and marketed to investors like you and me. I am not talking about options or leveraging individual stocks. That has been around for decades and we are not messing around with those. Because these kinds of investments have not been super popular until recently, there are not going to be as many options available to us. So just make sure to do your research when looking into the different kinds of hedged funds. The Fidelity Hedged Equity Fund we were just looking at, for example, has less than a two year track record. Just something to keep in mind. Tip number five, if you have listened to tips one through four and you're like, yeah, Kirby, this makes sense on paper and logically I know it's correct, but I know myself and I know my brain gets all crazy when people throw the word recession around, so I don't think it's going to do me any good. You, my friend, would benefit greatly from having a financial advisor. Someone that you know that knows you and your specific situation and all of the quirks that come with it, you would be surprised at how differently you will react to certain economic situations when you can actually physically sit down or call up a financial advisor and ask them questions about the current situation. They will be able to explain what is happening in the economy, what that means for you and your portfolio, and they will give you their honest feedback about whether or not you should make any changes. Chances are, if they are good at what they do, they would be reaching out to you proactively if they recommended any changes based on the economic environment. More likely than not, if you are the one reaching out to them, they will walk you off the ledge of selling everything to go buy gold bars. All right, I think that just about sums up my thoughts on how to adequately recession-proof your accounts. Please let me know in the comments if you have any ideas. I have gotten some great feedback on previous episodes and would love to hear what you guys come up with. Real quick, before I let you go, I am preparing an upcoming episode on how to handle finances as a couple. If there's anything specific you would want covered or any questions that you have, please feel free to send those my way. You can ask anonymously at the link in my show notes or comment down below. I'll have a new video out this Thursday and a full length episode next Monday. See you then. Later, rich girls. Bye.